back to a new episode of the Fort Men Podcast. I am so excited for my guest today. He is um, an Australian. It's actually my first Australian guest that I've ever had on the podcast. And if I uh, could speak in Australian, I would. But sadly, when I uh, told Ben that I was going to try it, he said that my accent sounded more Ireland and uh, Scottish. So uh, I did not attempt to do it. So Ben, welcome to welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Matt. I, I still wish you had a go there. I, let, let, let me see uh welcome no okay that, that, that was going to be english you know what I, can, I i literally just can't even do australian so I, i'm going to leave the australian to you and uh I, I'll, I'll do english but i can refer to you as mate and uh why don't you just just say g'day mate g'day mate that's not bad it's not bad um i i could say something about like shrimp on the barbie or I, I, but, but still i just think i would still botch it yeah it, it doesn't make sense because we don't we don't say shrimp we say prawns so it yeah it doesn't make sense for us <laughs> so basically outback's been lying for yeah. for 20 plus years yeah yeah that's just not right that's just not right well you know we actually have so much in common i love it coming I, I was kind of thinking about you know how i would intro you and we're both husbands we both love long facetime calls we both grew up in construction, and we both happened to marry well-known women in the faith, and uh, we have so much in common. We we joke that we are each other's uh, just continent counterparts. You're you're the Australian version of me, and I'm the uh, American version of you. But now you live in America, so it, uh, it kind of defeats the purpose now. Yeah, it's it was bizarre when I remember first meeting you. We were at um, Tara and I were at LO conference. And I was, and I didn't know you then. I didn't even really know anyone, Sadie. I mean, that's just the story of my life, really. I just I go to these events. I don't know anyone. I'm like, cool, yeah, happy to be here. But then I think Taya and Sadie were on stage, and I was looking down, and someone's like, oh, that's Sadie's husband. And I was like, man, that guy, he's he's like me. He's exactly the same as me. His wife is up there doing all this stuff, like whatever, you know, famous or whatever that means in the Christian world. Who knows? Yeah. And you're just sitting there in your seat. I'm sitting here in my seat. I'm like, that dude is actually me. <laughs> this is, it was crazy. It was like that scene from Step Brothers, which I don't know if, you, if you've seen Step Brothers, but it's when like, when it's like, do we just become best friends? Yeah. And there's just yeah. an instant bonding moment for us. And I, me- I remember it so vividly. Yeah, it, it happened. Yeah. It but it's funny. Happened. It's funny that you said that, that, that you don't know many people. And I feel like many people don't know you because you don't have social media, <laughs> which is the... Uh, <laughs> You know, something I really love about you, I think it speaks a lot to your humility and just who you are. So can you kind of share a little bit about maybe why you don't have social media and have you ever felt compelled to get it? Yeah, I've, I've never felt compelled to get it, ever. <laughs> Even like all Facebook, um, MySpace, all the, all the old ones as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just never, I never got into it, into the craze, like when people were and then... Um, yeah, it's not, I don't. It's not like I have anything um, strongly against it. It's not like I'm campaigning against social media. Um, it's more I just I see a lot of the damage that it can cause, um, and mainly a lot of the waste of time. Um, yeah. And so there's so much. There is a lot of good out of it. Like what what my wife does with it, it's awesome. Like you guys would experience as well. There's a lot of good. Um, but for me. I don't know, I just see it as such a waste of time and I just see so many people scrolling through, wasting their time being conversations and you're just like, man, this dude isn't even here right now. He's not even aware. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, I just, um, I just want to be present, I want to be in the moment and have my head up and see what's going on and, and be aware as opposed to just like totally absorbed by this thing that's like, designed to capture your, your attention and distract you so yeah yeah just don't have it. well it's 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 cool because i mean you know taya posts a picture or a video of you every now and then but you're really like a mystery man yeah. <laughs> to millions of people uh, when, when we got when we got married there was like so many people questioning like who's this band and like even some of her friends in like different countries that like knew her well we're just like, man, who is this person? Like, I need to know, like, who is she with? Because she didn't even tell people that we were dating. So the first time people found out is when we got engaged. And so, yeah, there's some people freaking out. Yeah. Well, because I, I even remember 
when y'all got married and the pictures on social media, you it was still like side profile shots of you. It was like <laughs> like back like photos of like y'all's back together and it yeah. like you still even when y'all got married, there was still never like a close up look of your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to keep it that way. I know we'll, we'll I, love that. I love that about <laughs> you. Do you feel like you know, because I mean in reality you know, your wife is super well known and you by association would be, but, you know, I think with social media that, you know, not having that can maybe kind of limit that. And do you feel like not having, you know, that outlet kind of helps take pressure off of you for when you do show up to events and when people yeah. just, you know, just, just you living your life out in public, do you feel like not having that kind of takes the pressure off of you in that? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, so many people, it's strange. So many people respect it as well. Like when when they find out I'm not on social media, the first thing they usually say is, "Oh wow, like I, geez, I wish I could do that." And I'm like, "Just do it. Like <laughs> delete, just do it, man." But they, um, yeah, I just just don't even think along those lines. I'm I'm not even um, yeah, I don't feel the pressure to um, be seeing things or liking things or commenting. Um, it's I find it releasing, but because I've never been on it, it's just the way I've always lived. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I like it. Yeah, no, I love it. Well, uh, you know, we've we've mentioned Taya before, uh, at least so far on this podcast. Can you kind of share briefly, because I know when we got dinner a few months ago, just how crazy y'all's, you know, y'all's story is of, of just meeting each other and getting, mm. you know, dating and getting engaged and getting married. You don't have to give the full story, but can you kind of give a brief backstory yeah. on just kind of how cool all the God stories in that story are. Yeah. I'm glad you're asking me because if you asked Taya, she, you know, we'd be on here for like five hours. So I'll give you the, <laughs> the guy version. Yeah. I'll give you the guy version. Um, so, um, grew up in church and then moved to Hillsong, moved to a different church and again, no social media. So I didn't know anybody at all. Um, and I met, Taya for the first time in just a green room, a room out the back of one of the, the services and um, and just sat down. She sat down next to me. I just started talking to her. She was a really cool girl. I was asking her what she does. Um, and she's like, oh, I work at church. Am I cool? Like, but what do you actually do? It's always a funny question now when people say I work at church. It's like, yeah, but what do you, what do you actually do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then she's like, I sing a bit. And this is when she's like traveling, um, being with United for a number of years, doing lots of stuff. She's like, oh, I just sing. I'm like, oh, here or like other other campuses? She's like, a little bit here, a little bit there. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Like, good on you. I'm like, I'm like encouraging her, like saying, well done. And as I'm in that room, all these people are like looking at me just like, who the heck is this guy? Like this, this dude has no idea what's going on or who this person is. So anyway, I'm like, saying good on you well done and then I just leave and um one of my close friends who I was there with I was talking to him and saying man that girl like she was really cool like she was she was awesome he's like what, what girl was that I'm like you know I don't know I forget her name it was I know it was a weird name but she was like tall curly hair and he's like was it this girl was it this girl and I was like no nah, not that I'm like, I don't know I can't remember and he's like are you are you talking about Taya and I was like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that sounds like her. And he's like, you don't know who Taylor is. I'm like, no, nah, I just met her. Like, she was the chick that was sitting next to me before. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, man. So he pulls up YouTube, shows me oceans or something. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm an idiot. I'm like, I can't believe. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, whatever. And then um, uh, so that couple other things happened, but that started basically a three-year journey of, um, me liking her, but she was just not in a place um, to date for a boyfriend or anything. She'd come out of um, a past relationship that she needed needed to deal with. And so, um, yeah, it was crazy, man. Like I um, I sort of felt that I'd heard, I mean, I, I definitely do feel I heard from God about her and that, that she was the one, um, which is, which is, um, it's funny because I feel like that's every guy's dream to know, like, who am I marrying? And probably every girl's dream as well. Like, who is it? Who am I marrying? Mm -hmm. And then 
when God actually answers, which he, he did in my situation, my initial reaction was like, sweet, like awesome. I don't have to do anything. Like I'm marrying this girl, like easy. Um, but then that was a, th- a three-year journey. And for the first couple of months, I was like, you know, this is easy. Then after a couple of months, I was just like, man, this is not working. She was not in a place at all. She didn't want a bar of me. And I was just like, but I've heard from God. This is so, this is so strange. So, you know, in hindsight, looking back, I, I realized that God was teaching me so much, teaching me about trusting in him, not just trusting in what was happening in front of me. In front of me, it wasn't working at all, but I knew God spoke to me. So learning to trust God for what he said, I, I had never really been through um, a challenge or an experience where I had to truly do that. And this just forced me to, to trust in what he said to me. Um, and then same for Tay, like she she was going through a bunch of stuff that she had to take to God and deal with. And, and it's always better when that happens with God as opposed to, you know, me helping her through that or her helping me through something. So we... We're both fully and completely de- dependent on God. Um, and, yeah, so when, once we sort of got through that and I just completely let it go and just trust in God, which took me a long, long time. I just, I don't know if it's every man's inkling to just go, I've got this, I can do this, I don't, I don't need um, any help. So it took me a long time to get over that. Um, and then we finally, yeah, connected. I mean, we... We would go out these. We went on like three dates. I would call them dates. Tay would call them like catch ups or hangouts. And I'd be like, "Hey, guy and a girl going to dinner is a date. That's you, not a catch up. You paying for it? It's a date. Yeah, she wouldn't let me pay. I'd like try and pay. She just wouldn't. It, yeah, she she was tough. She was brutal. She was brutal. But we got there. We made it. So. If you've been a listener to the Fortman podcast for a while now, then you've heard me talk about AG1 by Athletic Greens. And this is something that I take in the mornings before I go to the gym, or if I don't miss it in the mornings, I take it in the afternoon or at night, whenever. But every day I get in my AG1 and I just love it so much. I feel like in the mornings, especially before I go to the gym, it helps with my mood, my gut health, my immune support. Uh, There's so many benefits that I feel like I get in in the morning before I go to the gym. And AG1 was designed with ease in mind so that you can live healthier and better without having to do a lot. It's seriously the healthiest thing that you can do, and it's just under a minute. And with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that have huge benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and it's even great for skin, hair, and nails. It's just high-quality stuff for you. And when I tried AG1, I fell in love with it because it tasted delicious. And ever since I saw it on social media, I've been talking about it. I've been telling my friends about it, my family about it. I've been talking about it on the podcast, and it's just something that I love to do. Um every day. Most of the times it's in the mornings and I do feel like it just gives me all the benefits like I shared earlier. And I've just been taking it ever since I first saw it on social media. And not only do I take it when I'm in town, but even when I travel, me and Sadie, my wife travel a bunch and uh, most of the places we go do not have many healthy options. And I love taking my AG1 travel packs with me and I bring my bottle with me, which is my favorite bottle I've ever had. And I fill it up just with however much water I want. And I bring my travel pack. I just rip it open and dump in uh, my trial pack AG1. And I just love having that immunity support on the road. I love having uh, just the stuff that I feel like improves my gut health. And I just love having the energy and something that tastes delicious when I'm traveling. And if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free trial packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash huff. That's athleticgreens.com slash huff. Go check it out. What were you doing in those three years and how many times do you feel like, because like you said, you did have to trust God in the, you know, in that time period, yeah. how you know, much did you want to take control of that situation? Maybe doubt what God, what, what you felt like God has spoken and you know, where were you at that mm. time of your life and what, what were you doing? Yeah, I was, um, yeah, it was tough, man. It, it was, it was proper tough. I, um, I, yeah, the first three months, like I was saying, I was fine. Um, and then the, after that, when things weren't happening, I was I was wrestling with God, and I even like just developed a, a bad attitude towards God because I was questioning His um, questioning His like faithfulness, which is so crazy. I look back on that, and I'm like, man, what the heck? Um, 
but yeah, I was um, just questioning his faithfulness and questioning why why would God do that? Why would God clearly say um, she is your wife, which which I felt when I was woken up one night? Um, why would he do that? And then just take me through this process of like it's not happening. And a lot of my friends like. During those three years, my friends started dating. They got engaged, married. Most of them had kids, started having kids, and it was just me and this other guy, my other mate, who were just single and, like, nothing on the horizon. <laughs> and everyone just going, man, this Taylor girl, she is not into you. Like, I don't know what you're doing, but, you know, you just need to chill. Um, so, yeah, I just it – was, it was tough. It was frustrating, but um, – yeah, just it was just a process of trusting in God, um, and I I would always take it to Him. Like I'd, I would, I my prayer time is in the morning. My prayer and Bible time. I get up in the morning and I would go down to the beach because we live close to the beach. So I would take it to Him every single day. Um, sometimes morning and night, but every single morning, and I would just completely unload what was on my heart, and I, I would always end with with like gratitude and thankfulness for what's happening in my life. But I would make sure that I would just be so real and honest with, what, with what's going on, and mm-hmm. that helped me. And I think that's – I feel like that's where God wanted me to be, um, raw and real and honest and express how I was feeling. Yeah, that's awesome. One of my favorite things about that story is that you and Taya actually met in a green room. <laughs> it was, me and you have some green room hot takes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I love, I love that y'all met in the green room. Cause it's so, I mean, it's so funny. It's like, you know, it really is like a little God wink of, you know, that is where y'all happened to meet. I just, I, I love that little small part of the story. Yeah. It's, I mean, leaving the church that I used to be a part of, I was like, I'm never stepping into a green room ever again. Like I just, that whole vibe is just not, not my vibe. And then it just so happens to marry this girl and everything we do is in a flipping green room. So <laughs> I love it uh, so much. Are you still are, are you are you still in the corner of most green rooms, I imagine? Yeah, I either just avoid them or I just, yeah, go straight to the corner. Just I don't know what I do. I don't have social media, so I can't sit on my phone and just scroll through. I just yeah, just talk That's to some random. And you're wearing a hat. You're, we're, we're both wearing hats like 90% of the time. So you just kind of just put your hat down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just kind of mentioned a little bit about, you know, the church that you left before you went to go do stuff with Hillsong. What, um, you know, so growing up, what, you know, what was your church background like growing up and how do you feel like you've adapted to now? Because now, I mean, you know, you guys travel the world and you're in all kind of different churches and denominations and events and venues how do you feel like you know the way that you grew up has maybe shaped things that you like about the church now things that maybe you think the church can be better at how do you feel like just that your experience growing up is kind of adapted or shaped kind of the way that you you know y'all do things now yeah i mean so i grew up grew up in church parents christians got two older brothers they're christians so i grew up in church um and predominantly Pentecostal churches, which which is has been great for like youth, has been great for um, like the younger years and youth groups and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it's been. I went to a Christian school as well, and it's been it's been awesome. Um, but coming from like the construction industry, it's church and construction, as you probably know, it's they're just like polar opposites. I found. So I always wanted to um, be sort of real and relevant and just normal. In in the church world, it's so so easy to get caught up in um, just a just a bubble, just a different life. Do you know what I mean? That just doesn't really translate to the the nine to five. And so I've taken those experiences everywhere, wherever we go to different conferences and whatever big and small, just trying to be myself. Like, yes, I'm growing up in the church and I, I know this this world well, but um, I just don't ever want to lose myself into um, the, the church bubble, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, whatever that is, and just not 
not be relatable, not be understandable to the people that we're actually trying to reach. The whole reason why, you know, Taya and I moved over here um, is to for her to release music and travel and sing and worship to reach people. It's not to reach the church people. It's, you know, in, in part it is, but predominantly to people outside of that. So I don't ever want to um, lose lose touch with, with what's happening out, outside the church walls. Yeah, that's cool. I love I love how you just mentioned, you know, that idea of construction of faith because I, I feel like personally, I feel like there's actually a lot of parallels between, you know, construction of faith and maybe not the quote-unquote industry, but, you know, just – from a foundation standpoint, right? You know, there's so many verses in the Bible about building, mm. you know, about building your house on the rock. And really what that means is just having, you know, that firm foundation and not building your house mm. in the sand. And, you know, even the uh, the parables where it's like, you know, who sits down to build the tower and you know, doesn't count the cost and then he doesn't have enough money to finish it. Then everybody mm. who walks by him will ridicule him saying, you know, he didn't complete what he finished. And, I it's just so cool because I think there's like there really are so many cool parallels between you know construction and our faith with that idea of you know what are you building your life on what is your foundation laid on is it materialistic things is it you know things that ultimately you know when something comes it's going to wash it away or is it built on a firm foundation is it built on some is it built on something solid that you know when things do come is it going to tear the house down or is it going to shake it a little bit but is it built yeah. on that foundation that it's not going to ultimately get torn down yeah and that's that yeah the practical side of um yeah experience in the construction industry relating that to to the church world and what we're doing that that helps for sure like all those verses that you're talking about um that that helps me practically to put things into perspective so yeah i totally get that If you know me, and if you follow me on social media, or even just listen to this podcast, you know how much I love Ice Barrel and how much I love just cold tubs. I love it because I feel like it helps me with my recovery. I uh, love to work out. I love to be active. I play rec league basketball. I like to work out. I help with our baseball team here in town. And I'm always doing just physical activity stuff. And something that I love about Ice Barrel is just the convenience of it. I have it on my back porch. It's uh, made with 100% recycled material. It uh, is super lightweight. It's compact. It's durable. And I just can put my water in it. I can put my ice in it and it stays cold and it just helps with my recovery. It helps with my inflammation and even just with my mood and uh, just so many other things that it, it provides. And if you've heard me talk about ice barrel and you're still maybe kind of confused about what it is, it's a cold therapy training tool that makes it super easy to incorporate ice baths into your routine. And you've heard me talk about some of the physical benefits, maybe with uh, you know pain and recovery and inflammation, but there's also so many of the benefits like better recovery performance. It improves mood and brain function, helps alleviate depression and anxiety. It helps with uh, your heart rate variability, and it even activates the nervous system. And when it, when I say improves mood and brain function, for me, there's just such an adrenaline rush that I get before I do a cold tub, and I just love uh, the. I well, first off, I, I just love the benefits of it that I've that I've talked about. And uh, just after I do it, I feel like there's so much clarity in my mind, and I feel like my muscles are just at a state where I know that whatever I'm doing, this is benefiting my body. And I can know at the end of the day when I've had my cold tub versus when I haven't had my cold tub. And what I also love about Ice Barrel is that you can get it for as little as $90 a month. And you heard me mention earlier that it allows you to sit upright. And what that means is most cold tubs, you kind of lay backwards, not lay backwards, but you kind of like lay down. And with Ice Barrel, it allows you to sit upright. And that really just helps with your breathing. At least for me, I have felt that when I'm sitting upright and it allows me to breathe just kind of more naturally, the water does not feel as cold. And maybe that's just my brain telling me that. I don't really know. But that's just how I love it. And I love how I can sit upright in it. And I love how uh, just compact it is on my back porch. And I worked with Ice Barrel to help get y'all $125 off so that you can try it out and see if you like it as much as I do. I threw a link in the show notes and you'll see me sharing more on social media too. You can go to icebarrel.com slash Christian and use code Christian to get $125 off. Ice Barrel offers a 30-day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Again, that's icebarrel.com slash Christian and use code Christian to get $125 off. Get colder, feel better, and let me know what y'all think. Yeah, well, it's cool too because I mean, because I'd, I'd even like, you know, what you just said about the industry and just because I, I do think, I do really think that there is a church bubble and I think that sometimes you know, when you surround yourselves with people that think just like you and believe the same things as you do and talk just like you and 
you can just develop that bubble to where you kind of do lose touch of what's actually happening, you know, in the world and maybe even with culture. Um, you know, not that you conform to that, but you are aware of, you know, the normal nine to five, like most people, like that's what they do. They're in the world working jobs and yeah, like it's, it's a, it's a different lingo than people who work in the church and are just, you know, surrounded by church meetings and, you know, just always around other believers. And, um, I love that. So what do you feel like, because, you know, you, you, you do do construction. How do you feel like, you know, going from maybe working more with secular people, but then you're also super involved in church because, you know, even now y'all just finished building a church. And I mean, I don't know if everybody who was on your construction team working are believers as you're building, as you're building a place of worship, you know, how do you feel like you kind of, um, you know, balance out the two and obviously not give in to, you know, cultural stuff, but how do you feel like you, you know, kind of, you're, you're, you're still in touch with things that are actually happening in the world and you're not just Mm. so confined to a church bubble. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, so we just, I just did finish a project here in Orange County with a warehouse conversion to a church and none of them, as far as I know, none of them were Christians, but a lot of them were like quite impacted by just the way we worked or the way I worked. Um, I just, again, just try and be myself and, and stay um, real and honest. Um, and I think that that says a lot to them. Like I've always felt the the strongest form of evangelism for me has just been through action, through through deed. Um, I'm definitely not the best preacher. You don't want to see me on stage, that's for sure. But <laughs> um, through action and through deed, it says so much, especially in the in the construction industry where there seems to be, um, I don't know, shady business that can go on quite easily. It's it's fairly common, and so when when you choose to take the higher road or you choose to do things honorably, um, it it speaks volumes to a lot of these guys because they're just not used to it. You know, even the the builder or the, the GC, as you guys say, you guys say general contractor, we say builder. Yeah. Well, you say both. Um, we, we say both. Yeah. But we don't say, we, but we don't say, we say subs. Y'all, what do y'all say? We say subbies or subbies. subcontractors. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of subbies. Subbies. Oh man, there's we could go on. There's a lot of different lingo that I was just like, "What are you talking about?" Even like the city, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, dealing with the city is so hard." And I'm like, "You talking about like Los Angeles City?" Because we say council for the city. Yeah. And so um, I was. It took me ages, man, to get used to the lingo over here. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, he. Um, you know, he he this. GC had come from a, a past job where he's owed like um, sixty or seventy thousand dollars because his past client just didn't pay him, and so we were doing our best to be prompt with payments and like honouring and like checking things, and that just like spoke volumes to him. It was just unbelievable for him, but for us, it's just like it's just normal. It's like no, you do the right thing by people, you honour people, um, and you respect them. You respect the work they do. For us, it's normal, but for him, it was huge. So I just, yeah, I mean, the Bible is full of different principles um, about that, which if you uphold, um, that's evangelism. Yeah, that's so cool. Because I do think, I mean, I really do think that sometimes we just can so overcomplicate it. You know, it's like you don't necessarily have to be on the job set every day talking about Jesus and, you know, pushing something down their throat or whatever. But you could, like you said, just through action and deeds, just lead by example, be kind, be generous. You know, like there's so many practical things like that that do speak volumes because they are countercultural. You know, we don't live in a, you know, we live in a generation and just a time where people genuinely just aren't the nicest and they're not caring. They're not interested in how other people are doing. They're not, you know, they can be shady because ultimately they just want what's best for themselves. And I think if the more that you go against the grain of that, you know, that's what speaks volumes and more than you talking about Jesus is actually how you living, how that's actually impacted you. That Like that's what makes it attractive. You know, it's like if if we're evangelistic and we're just talking about it, but then, you know, our life is like, you know, we look miserable and like we're just 
not nice people. I mean, you know, fill in the blank, whatever word you want to use. I mean, like that's what turns off people to to church and faith is if you're not genuine and you don't actually live like anything's impacted your life. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what love your neighbor, that's what love is. Like, um, ain't, like traditional Jews, ancient Jewish people, they see love and action as like the same thing. Love isn't just saying like, hey, man, you're awesome, like I support you or whatever. Love is like acting that out. What does that look practically? Mm. And it's even on the flip side of I often say to people that like 50% of love is the the supporting, the um, encouraging side, but then the other 50 is like calling stuff out and like calling out blind spots and saying to people like, hey, the, you know, close friends, and it's obviously it's, it's complex and you do it in certain ways, but there's a there's a whole other side of love which is um, being honest and and being um, yeah being real and, and true to helping this person um, grow in Christ or if they're not a Christian like being real and acting out what love looks like in their in their lives as opposed to just encouraging or saying a couple of words which is just easy. That's what's even cool to about that story. It's like you know you're not making prop payments and you're not you know, being caring and generous and you're not loving your neighbor because you're expecting to get something in return. It's because, no, that's actually just who you are. It's like, no, I'm actually going to be, you know, justice in this. I'm actually going to, you know, be, you know, fair and even and just a good steward because that's just who I am. It's not like, you know, it's even just the scripture, like, you know, uh, you know, when Jesus is talking about, um, you know, loving those who love you, what good is that? Even the Pharisees do that. But, you know, when you love someone who, hate you and actually persecute you like that's when it gets difficult you know so for even for a general contract like, like you're talking about if they're you know still being a stickler or whatever they're still being rude like but you're just doing your part right you're still just making prompt payments because this is what you do it's not to get something in return or to get recognition it's just no that's just what's just the right thing to do and i don't even think about it just because that's just who i am yeah absolutely i mean that's yeah, I mean, then you go into like the whole convicting side of things, which is God first loved us, um, so we should love as well. It's the same with forgiveness. Like we, when you really think about it, we have no right not to forgive people. Um, like I've, I've been saying the Lord's Prayer in the mornings. It's like a, a thing that I've been doing for a while. And when I get to like the forgiveness part, I ask God, forgive me of my sins and I list them, and then I forgive others. And I mention a couple of people that I might have unforgiveness towards or like a grudge. Um, but then after a while, I'm like, man, I don't think it's enough to just be like, I, just, I forgive this person for this, and then I move on and then go about my day. I think it takes a little bit more than that. Like if I, if I really want to, if I like love this person, which God calls us to, love your neighbour, I need a try for reconciliation. You know, I don't. Th the Bible doesn't promise that we're going to be reconciled with everybody, but we can at least try. And you know that verse um, passage in Matthew, which is talks about if someone sins against you, go and approach them. If that doesn't work, bring a friend. If that doesn't work, bring an elder from the church. And if that doesn't work, um, then you leave it. You sort of set up boundaries and and have distance, so you, you're protecting yourself. So reconciliation isn't isn't promised. But I think God wants us to try mm -hmm. to reconcile. And that's that whole action thing that I'm talking about. It's not about just saying a couple of things or sort of pretending. I think God wants us to actually go and act it out and go the extra mile. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how we got onto that, but anyway. <laughs> no, that's so good. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, obviously I can mention so many things I love about you, but I, I kind of want to talk on this for a second and you can you know speak as much to it as you want but i feel like i feel like some so often the world you know judges significance by how big something is and something that i love about you is you really do love what you do you know construction and and it's something that's that's super cool and i think it's really valuable how do you feel like you know you kind of balance between traveling the world with Taya but also staying committed to what you feel like God has called you to, which, you know, 
is construction. Sometimes it looks like nine to five, sometimes it doesn't, but you know, sometimes you're traveling, sometimes you're, you know, sometimes you're planted doing what you're passionate about, what you, what you feel like God's called you to do. How do you feel like, you know, it might not look as big as something else, even in, in, the, in the small things, but you're still committed to it because that's what you feel like God's put that passion in your heart. Yeah. I mean, it's an ongoing thing for sure. It's an ongoing um, thing I'm trying to work out and navigate as to what to do and what's right in different seasons. You know, so before we moved here, I was doing the nine to five, which is really like 8.30 to 5.30 or six. Like if you if you leave at 5 p.m., it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's just that, that corporate culture kind of thing. Um, and, yeah, I was doing that for 12 years, full time, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then here, when we first moved here, we were applying for green cards, so I couldn't work. So I did like six, seven months, no work. It was just, it was so crazy. It was just completely opposite to what I'm used to. <laughs> yeah, when we met, when, when when we met, you were just kind of just chilling. You were so you were waiting on your green card. Then it was like right after that, it was like you'd got it. Then it was kind of like, what am I going to do now? Yeah, yeah. I was literally <laughs> just six months. I had was just floating, and then I got it. And it's like I'd never thought what I was going to do because I I received it, and I was like, man, do I just like get a job at like Ralph's or something or like at a service <laughs> station? Like, I was like, what do I do? Um, but then God provided. Like literally two days later, this job came up with this warehouse conversion. Um, so he's he's provided. But yeah, it's it's something that I'm constantly um, navigating and figuring out what's right. I'm trying to listen to to the voice of God, which is um, someone spoke that over us when we first moved here and they provided a whole bunch of stuff, which was amazing. And they were just like, hey, you just got to listen to the voice of God. If you're listening to the voice of God, he will provide. And he has done that um, over and over again with us. So, yeah, just I like the the contrast with what I do and what Taya does and when that sort of aligns and we, we go on trips it's great, but I do like the balance. Um, yeah. I think it's healthy. Whether that looks like that forever, I, I don't know. But for the moment, it's it's great. I, I find it really healthy. Yeah, that's so cool. Because, well, I mean, it is like, you know, like you said, we're filming this on, uh, what's it? We're filming this on Tuesday and this will go live on Friday. So right now you're in California, but then tomorrow, Wednesday, you're flying to New York, you know, to meet her on, on tour. And it's just so cool because like you said, it is, you know, it is such a contrast of like going, you know, from the construction field to now being across the U.S., you know, being in a green room, <laughs> you know, at an event. But it's so cool because I because at least for me, I just think there's such a relatability to like, you know, being immersed in things that are happening in the world and then taking that in the church because it's just i mean like jesus was a carpenter right like so it's just cool like for however many years before he started his public ministry he was doing real work right and then he went on then he went on to do you know evangelism and obviously i mean jesus is you know another just like can't really compare us to jesus uh <laughs> but i'm saying it's just cool like just the work aspect of you know, actually getting out and being involved in things that are happening, you know, in your city, in Orange County, like, and, you know, talking with general contractors, general contractors and talking with subs and subbies and, you know, all these people. And then you take, you know, those real world life experiences into church and, and, and into these places that y'all go. And it, you know, it's just, there's such a relatability to it. And there's such just a genuineness to it because it's, you know, it's your life and it's, it's it's what you're living and it's out in the real world yeah i don't i don't ever want to lose it i think something's gone majorly wrong if we if we lose touch with with the people that we're sort of reaching and, and speaking to in their everyday life and i just i don't ever want to lose that what uh what do you feel like has been the biggest adjustment moving from australia to the u.s Jeez, the biggest the biggest adjustment um i was a I am a surfer. I was going to say I was a surfer, but in Sydney, I surfed a lot more. The beaches over here are a little different, um, but mainly the cold water. I mean, this is, this is a random one. It is so cold here, man. 
I mean, I know you do like you do ice baths and all that stuff, don't you? I do. Yeah, those crazy I'm, guys. Gonna, I'm gonna get you hooked on it. Yeah, I, pro- I mean, I hear all about it. it. Sounds awesome, but the water here is cold, man. And I'm not. Yeah. Well, don't you own a wetsuit? Yeah, but sometimes you just want to like boost down to the beach and go for a swim, and I'm just like, hey, that's true. F- freezing. So, yeah, I don't know. That's that's that was a shock. It's because it's so warm here. Orange County is it's it's hot. Like it, I feel like it's just summer all year round. Um, and then you jump in the water and it's like you're in Antarctica. Well, Nick Kane, this is actually funny. So that Nick Kane told me this is like a month ago at this point that the reason that uh, that uh, California is like so warm and the water so cold because it has something to do with the humidity. Like the reason that there's no humidity in California is because the water's cold. There's some there's some kind of like filtration system or something i don't really i didn't feel i didn't fully understand it but like florida like it's super humid in florida and the water's really hot but there's something about california and how the water's super cold which makes it not humid in california but it's still hot but it's not there's no humidity to it because of the water or something yeah yeah interesting i don't really know all the science behind it yeah yeah i don't know what it is all i know is it's just cold i'm getting used to it (laughs) Yeah. oh my gosh i love it well you know it's really cool and inspiring just to hear you even talk about you know having w- w- would you say that you're a pretty routine person yeah 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 Is that because i i really am too but i think something that i'm can be not routine with is like when i have a quiet time i mean i usually have it usually every day sometimes it's in the morning sometimes it's afternoon sometimes it's at night um but for you, you know, it's just cool to hear you talk about going to the beach in the morning and having a quiet time, having your your Bible time and your prayer time. How do you feel like, um, you know, that just impacts the way that you live? And how do you feel like, um, you know, that just kind of shapes how you start your day? Man, it is it's everything. If if I don't have that, then then like, what am I? I mean, this. I um yeah I, I need that at the, I find at the start of the day is best for me um sometimes it doesn't look like that um because of whatever flying or just you know things um but yeah it, it's it's everything um it's it's how it's what shapes my day it's what shapes uh, my outlook my attitude um plus I just I just want to hear from God and you know it's it's easy once you've been a Christian for a long time. Um, and being in the church world, it's easy to just get comfortable and and get a little bit complacent. It's, it's super easy. It's like a battle. It's like an everyday battle. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I want to hear from God, and it's a relationship. So it's a two way thing. You know, God can speak to us at any time, and He does. But I want to hear from Him all the time. I want to be the one. Um, approaching God and praying to God and seeking him because I feel like God wants to speak to us every day all the time but how much am I getting in the way of that you know I'm not sure but um yeah so it it's it's huge in in my life and I'm and I'm thankful for Taya as well because it's it's huge for her she she is so diligent with her she calls it JC time her Jesus Christ time (laughs) um she can do it She's a bit different. She can be like in a cafe and have headphones on and be journaling and like reading a Bible. I just, I can't do that. I need to be away from people, whether it's at the beach or there's like a reserve, like a park near us. I go there or even just upstairs and she's downstairs. Um, so it's, it's it's different, but she's so diligent as well, which helps me. Um, and it helps me to stay um, focused with that as well. But it, it's everything, man. Yeah. Absolutely everything. I love that. Is there anything specific that you feel like you've been being taught lately? Probably, geez, where do we where do we start? Where do we start? How, di- how, how deep do we go? We we go. I we, think we 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 go deep on the podcast. Yeah, we get deep. We get deep. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, our our lives are so different to what they were. We moved here January last year, so. You know, a year and a half ago, our lives were very different. When now, um, just in the 
in the music industry, in the music world, um, still same church but different location. And a lot of stuff is happening in church right now. Um, the music industry is just a completely different area to what I'm used to. And so I think um, God is um, in, encouraging or just revealing to us the importance of having tough conversations, the importance of us, um, yeah, having tough conversations and um, being serious about where we where we go to church, who we allow speak into our lives and not just, um, I don't know, it's, it's still something I'm working out. But, yeah, we're just in the season of um, just transition and the season in um, being honest and making sure that we're in a place that we um, trust leadership, trust governance and and not just cruising along just because it's easy and it's it's um, what we've always done, but highlighting things and highlighting blind spots, kind of like what I was saying before, um, that that um, need to be exposed and need need to be talked about. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that answered your question, but no, that does. Yeah, no, no, that's so good because I mean, I even just you know can resonate with with that last part you said because it can be, you know, especially when if 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 we're traveling a lot and you know at events and venues whatever it can be easy to get in that mindset of just kind of coasting mm. you know and just yeah. kind of just going through the motions do you feel like you ever kind of feel like you're in that yeah totally i mean especially when um you do sort of long stints of on the road and going to different churches or, or venues or whatever it can be very easy to yeah. to um, slip and fall into the motion. But I don't know. I, I just feel like I'm hyper aware of that and I just um, I try and deal with that really quickly and that's my morning prayer time is what rescues me from that because it, I'm just so honest and so, so raw with God and whether it's just me coming to the answers because I'm just getting it out or God, the Holy Spirit, I believe it's the Holy Spirit that reveals that stuff. Um, it helps me just to snap out of that going through the motions um, because I just don't, I just don't ever want to be that person. Yeah, that's so good. No, that's so true. And I, I think that's what's cool too because I, I like to think I'm, I'm, I'm super like hyper aware of that. But it's just what, like, you know, it's what do you do when you are hyper aware of that? Do you change it or do you kind of just sit in it? Cause I think sometimes I can just, you know, call myself an idiot and just, you know, beat myself up about it rather than, you know, actually repenting of it and changing of it and, you know, not just sitting and sulking and, you know, kind of self-pity. But how do you actually make a change when you do feel like you're in those seasons and in those times of just, you know, like, like where it is easy to coast, you know, we're going to be here tomorrow, then we're just on a bus traveling and it's easy to you know, not read or not make the time because it's loud and there's always people around us. And, you know, how do you diligently make time for what you, you know, what you ultimately love? Yeah. And that's where friendship, you know, friends, true friends, like that thing I was talking about with love, like the friends that are going to encourage and support, but then the friends that are also going to call out stuff and go, Hey, how is your like prayer time going? Mm -hmm. Like, where are you at with this? Um, which is super rare. But the older I get and the more we get immersed in this, this world um, of traveling and touring and all that, the, the, I just see how important it is to have those kind of friendships. Um, and, yeah, you, you need those. You need those, man. We need those. I mean, hopefully I am that to you. I haven't called out anything yet, but don't you worry. It's coming. <laughs> no, you are. We uh no, I love, I, I love, I love how much we talk, and I, I mean, I'm gonna have you back on the podcast because there are so many other things that I want to ask you that I didn't even get a chance to get to, um, but I do, I have one last question for you, and uh, just, just because I'm actually just gen, genuinely curious, what is your favorite song by your wife? Uh, <laughs> uh, favorite? You can't say song. Oceans. No, no, you can't no, say it's that. Good, but it's, it's not my favorite. Um, 
It's it's probably one. It's on it's on a record. It's called Glory Hallelujah. Um, but it's funny. I she she hate me for saying this, but I liked one of the older versions. It was kind of like a demo version of the song. It was like super. Um, it, it was kind of like a hymn. Um, mm-hmm. But what's on the record, I really really like, and she hasn't sung it anywhere yet. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think she's sung it anywhere. And I just keep saying, hey, that song is epic. Like, you know, I know nothing, man. It's so funny. Like, I'm just like, that's a banger. That's going to be huge. And everyone's just like, you clearly have no idea. Um, but it's, yeah, Glory, Glory Hallelujah. It's like the second or third last song on her on her latest album. Oh, her cool. only album. Awesome. So, um, yeah. I would say, obviously, I can't say Oceans because that's just super basic. <laughs> but I do love Oceans. Um, Splinters and Stones, which is not a... I love that song. I feel like mm-hmm. not many people sing that, but they should. Yeah. Um, and then I, I'm I'm a big fan of Grace to Grace. I feel like those are probably my two. Yeah, yeah. Those are two of my ones yeah. at the top. Yeah. Now this, she's she's awesome. Yeah. She's. I'll what, let her do all that stuff. What is that? What is that feeling like when you're driving and, and she comes on the radio? Um, I just laugh. She <laughs> turns it off. There was one time when we were dating. She doesn't remember this, but we um. We, I picked her up, got her from apart, her apartment, jumped in the car. And then you know when your, your Bluetooth just connects to your car and just plays uh-huh. a song? But, like, it, it, it jumped onto, like, Apple Music, which but I, I don't use that. I use um, Spotify. So it, it went onto Apple Music and it went onto, I don't, I don't know if it was Oceans or one of the songs, and it just, like, was blaring in the car at like one of the peak points where she's singing and I'm like pushing buttons and like trying to stop this thing. And she's like, what's this guy just like listening to me on the way to pick me up? <laughs> it's like super embarrassing. That is oh. hilarious. That is so weird. Why? Yeah. If you don't use Apple music, that is it just, I don't know, like Apple, I don't know if that is a common thing, but with, with the Apple phone, it always goes to Apple music. That's and never true. Goes to it Spotify. does. Yeah, that's true. So it just did that and it just went to her song and it was on loud. Well, and I, feel like, like, I feel like you had to have been listening to it if it just <laughs> if it just picked it up. Nah, man. Oh my gosh, I love it. Well, man, thanks so much for joining me, man. Uh, seriously, seriously, you're going to be back on the podcast because I have so many other things that I want to talk about and we're just, you know, I love our friendship and I think we could talk for for hours about, you know, things we love, things we uh, think could be better and Maybe just mm. our little little brains getting together and thinking about how we can make a difference in it. So yeah, uh, I love you and I'm grateful for you and our friendship and uh, just really thankful that you're able to join me today. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Let's let's do it in person next time. Let's do it in person. Yeah. See, you should have you should have booked that flight. I know. We could have done this. In, we could have done this in person. Yeah, could have been better. It's okay. I forgive you. Next time we'll make it happen. <laughs> Sweet man. Uh, Thanks, Eats. <laughs>